You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, this is episode 67 of Leading and Learning, and I'm so happy you're with us today. And and the question that we're going to tackle today is this, is are the Gospels, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are they still relevant today? And, and even um, probing that question a little bit more, do they have redemptive value? Um, are the Gospels still valuable? Are they relevant? Um, what can we learn from them today? Do the Gospels still have a place in our lives? And, you know, they were written over 2,000 years ago. I mean, how many other 2,000-year-old documents do you read? But, you know, while the Gospels and the rest of the Bible are considered ancient documents... The fact that the Bible is is every year a perennial bestseller um, conveys the fact that people are still reading them. There's no question as to the gospel's continued popularity. They are read every week in churches and homes all over the world in almost every known language. You know, one of the ways that the Gospels could be considered uh, redemptive is that they provide the reader with a historical perspective on God and His plan of salvation. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four historical accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. And they provide firsthand, and in some some cases, eyewitness accounts of Jesus in action. For example, Luke provides a glimpse of his research and his writing methods. He mentions reports, and this is in the the first four verses of the Gospel of Luke. He mentions reports that were circulating among the early church. and These were likely both oral and written accounts. Luke also refers to eyewitness accounts. And his gospel provides the longest and most detailed account of both John the Baptist and Jesus' birth. These vivid details of these stories make many scholars believe that Luke obtained them by interviewing Mary, the mother of Jesus. In other words, this wasn't just something that Luke um, conjured up in his own imagination. This wasn't, you know, he wasn't writing a novel here. These were, these were real stories that he got firsthand from real people. And Luke was not one of Jesus' 12 disciples and likely did not have any contact with Jesus during his earthly ministry. But yet he was able to obtain eyewitness accounts and and accurate um, stories from those who had seen Jesus in action. Uh, Mark, uh, who wrote the Gospel of Mark, was not one of the twelve disciples either. Early church tradition, though, links Mark very closely with both the apostles Peter and Paul. Uh, The church father Papias stated that Mark 
was was Peter's interpreter for a time. Maybe he was um, using that word to refer to to to, to Mark as Peter's translator. Um, it's very likely that that Peter, um, while he probably spoke some Greek, might not have been as fluent in it as Mark was, and so maybe Mark acted as his translator while he preached. And and Papias said also that that Mark would write down the things that Peter said about Jesus, and then. This collection of, of, of sermons and messages and, and stories about Jesus, he collected these into his gospel. And if this is the case, the gospel of Mark is based on the eyewitness account of Peter. Now, both Matthew and John, two of the other gospels, um, were numbered with the twelve disciples. And there are many dis- there are many scholars who dispute the authorship of these gospels, and there are many others that affirm it. There's nothing we can do in this podcast to to really dig into that. But while both of these men relied on their own memories of their time with Jesus, they both take very different approaches. Matthew and Luke both use almost all of Mark's gospel in their accounts, and then they added supplemental material as well. But John, John uses a very different template. He, he approaches the, the life of Jesus very differently. He, he appears to be interested in telling stories that the other three writers did not. Now, while all four Gospels are unique and view Jesus' life through the, the lens of their particular author, there are several things that are common to all of them. First of all, Jesus was a real man. Now, this is important because in the early church, in the early uh, in, in the first century, one of the, the, the biggest uh, heresies that the early church dealt with was that of Gnosticism, which actually denied the, the divinity of Jesus. Um, in some some branches of Gnosticism, they even denied that Jesus had a physical body, um, that he was a, a possibly some type of spirit that just appeared to be a man. Um, you know, there were some crazy teachings in the first century, but but each of the four Gospels make it clear that Jesus was a real man. John even goes to great pains in uh, in John one verses verse fourteen. He says that the Word, in this case he's referring to Jesus, he said the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so he goes to very clear pains. This wasn't just a spirit. This wasn't a figment of our imagination. Jesus was a very real man. But secondly, the gospel writers also all agree that Jesus was divine. And this is, again, seen... Um, in, in so many different ways. Of course, the clearest way that it's seen is in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, never to die again. Um, John, again, gives very clear um, passages that talk about the divinity of Jesus. Um, in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, and again, you can see that in all four Gospels. There's this, this um, the idea that Jesus was man, and that Jesus was also God. But also in the Gospels, in all four Gospels, they convey some of Jesus' teaching and His miracles. And then lastly, all four Gospels agree that Jesus was crucified by the Romans and physically rose from the dead on the third day. Now, the historicity of the Gospels has been and will continue to be debated. Each person is going to have to examine the evidence and come to their own conclusions in regard to the 
whether or not the Gospels are historically accurate or not. But the Gospels themselves, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, portray God stepping into history in the person of Jesus. And whether or not someone accepts that as a that is a decision that can have far-reaching consequences. In other words, reject it if you will, but if it's true, what are we actually rejecting? We're rejecting God Himself. Now, we started off by saying, are the Gospels still relevant? Are they redemptive? And I think a second way in which the Gospels could be considered redemptive, and the second way they could be considered relevant, is is in their spiritual nature. Each of these four books contain examples of Jesus' teaching, and these teachings reveal much about God and His desire to bring salvation to the world. Now, never forget, Christianity is not about just believing what Jesus taught. Um, The fact of the matter is, Christianity is about believing a historical fact, and that's that Jesus rose from the dead. And that was the centerpiece of the, the early early churches preaching. But of course, Jesus' teachings are imported as well. And each, like we said, each gospel has so many of these different um, sermons and parables and things that Jesus taught. And Matthew's gospel, for, for, for instance, is the most Jewish of the four and appears to have been written to, to Jews who had become Christians. Um, it was probably written to, to churches in Palestine that, that um, had been formed after after Jesus' resurrection. And it's in Matthew that we find the brilliant, um, revolutionary Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things that Jesus discusses is the true nature of the law. For example, he uses the two of the Ten Commandments as illustrations. And, and maybe you know the Ten Commandments. They're, they're awesome. But one of the Ten Commandments is this. It says, you shall not murder. But then Jesus goes on to explain that it's not enough just to fulfill the letter of the law. In other words, we can't just tick off, hey, I didn't murder anybody today, and pat ourselves on the back. Jesus goes on to say that if you get angry with someone to the point of violence, we've broken the law. Jesus also quoted from the law, from the Ten Commandments, he said, you shall not commit adultery. And again, Jesus goes into what the letter of the law is. He goes into what the spirit of the law is. It's not enough for us just to be able to tick off at the end of the day, hey, I didn't commit adultery today, and pat ourselves on the back. Jesus said that that if we lusted in our hearts after someone, it was the same as if we had committed the act. This teaching was revolutionary for Jesus' hearers. They were often taught that rote obedience was really the important thing. For Jesus, what was really important was what's going on inside of our hearts. Now, Matthew also contains so much important teaching about the kingdom of God. He prefaced many of the parables with, the kingdom of heaven is like. And these snapshots about the kingdom of heaven, which is what these parables are, conveyed what Jesus thought we needed to know about the kingdom of God. And as mentioned previously, each of the Gospels contains the the crucifixion and the resurrection story. And Mark gives his readers this incredible theological insight into what Jesus' death really meant. In Mark 10.45, Jesus said that he did not come to to be served, but but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Mark 10.45. So Jesus' death had a spiritual meaning that went beyond him just dying a martyr's death. I mean, you've probably heard people say that, oh, you know, Jesus died for what he believed in, or he was he was misunderstood, or he was, um, you know, wrongfully convicted. Yeah, those things are probably all true, but it's much bigger than that. Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many. There was a, a spiritual meaning that went far beyond whatever anybody else might say. Jesus' death can actually be viewed as a sacrifice. And this idea is developed in other parts of the New Testament, particularly in the letter to the Hebrews. John's gospel also conveys a, a strong redemptive message. Um, you know, is, is the gospel of John still relevant today? Well, I think so. What he, what he tries to guide his readers into doing is to have faith in Jesus. In fact, he says that the reason he wrote his book, he says there are many things that Jesus did that aren't written in this book, but these are written so that you might believe that he's the Son of God. And that's in John um, 20, verses 30 and 31. In every encounter that, that Jesus has with someone in the Gospel of John, Jesus is trying to lead that person to faith or to believe in them. Now, while each gospel, each of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, is unique and different in certain ways, all four of them convey the same basic message. They show a historical faith in which God stepped into history in the form of a man. The gospels also convey a spiritual faith recording the words that Jesus preached and taught to help people find faith in Him. And the redemptive value of the Gospels is a powerful truth and one that will really be impacting people until Jesus comes back. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. What's your favorite Gospel? What's the one that you go to when you, you want to really hear from God? What's the one that you enjoy going back to over and over again? Which Gospel has had the most impact in your life? I'd love to hear about it. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a comment or a question if you have any questions about what we talked about today in the comment section for today's post. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I publish three blog posts a week, and subscribing will make sure you don't miss a single issue. It'll just come right into your inbox. And subscribers also get my monthly, my monthly subscribers-only newsletter. So make sure you sign up today. This week's resource highlight. And you know, in this episode, we've been talking about the Gospels and asking the question, are they still relevant today? Do they, do they have any redemptive value for us? Is there, is there something that we can still get out of reading and studying the Gospels? Well, my book, Miracles in Mark, deals with the Gospel of Mark. And I know you're going to enjoy it. It's, it's been used as a textbook in School of Ministries. It's been used as a, a, a book for small group Bible studies. 
It's written to help you jumpstart your Bible study. Miracles in Mark examines each of the miracles that's present in this incredible gospel. And, and we talk about why, why this miracle is there, why it's important, and what can we learn from this miracle even today. So check out Miracles in Mark. There'll be a link in the show notes and uh, give it a look. Now, as we close, can I ask for just a small favor? If you would take just a moment and go to iTunes and give Leading and Learning a review. Your reviews help push us higher in the ratings so we can get our content to more awesome people just like you. And also, if you'd subscribe, you can go to iTunes and subscribe to Leading and Learning, and then it'll come to you, um, to, to your podcast listener. It'll just pop right in there every week when a new episode is released. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.